Hello, everyone, and welcome to Three Speech, the entertainment podcast that also follows the rule of three. It is two friends, three topics, and unlimited entertainment, and we have been gone forever. <laughs> I actually forgot that was our theme music. I, I know I did too. When th- when it first came on, I was like, "Is this right? This doesn't seem right." Maybe yeah, it is. no, I did too, and I was like, "I mean, I'm gonna assume yeah, Jamie yeah. knows what she's doing." Yeah, don't that don't don't ever assume that. That's uh that's and a, Jamie, we trust. That's a poor assumption. Let's not assume that. <laughs> <laughs> so after roughly 18 months of hiatus, we are here to talk about. Uh, big three, number one, will be 3,000 Years of Longing, the adult version of Aladdin, I suppose. Uh, also, where very little food is eaten, the menu. And finally, it is not Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. I bet you can guess what it is. So, Alin, how are you doing? Oh, oh, oh yeah. that was a clever one, right? I put <laughs> that, was, that one. Okay. <laughs> I actually, I was like, wait, what, what, what day is it? <laughs> this is... <laughs> Just proud of myself on that one. So yeah, yeah, you're really, really. <laughs> How you been? How you been? How's the I, marathon going? I've been living. I've been, uh, you know, training. Uh, I think a little bit after we recorded our last uh sh- pod, I uh did a little hip flexor tearing. Um, yeah, you're you've been recovering. I've been recovering, but I'm gonna be. I've been medically cleared to run the marathon. I mean, it was just horrible because knock on wood I had never been injured and of course I had to do it you know but better to do it when you did rather than like two weeks before the marathon or that's what that's what everyone keeps telling me like you know it could have been a lot worse so I'm I'm listening to my medical team because I I do have like a team of people That's crazy. That's crazy yeah. that you like you like need that for this, right? This yeah. is so intensive that you need like a team of people. I need a team. I have like my doctor, um, physical I have, therapist. I have, I have a team of physical therapists. Uh, I have a sports therapist. I have a massage therapist. Oh, I'd like one of those, please. Oh my god, she's. You know what? When you come out, you might have to go see Cheryl. She's the yeah. best. Yeah. I'm down. Let's she's do awesome. it. She's awesome. She's awesome. So what have you been up to? Working like roughly 60 hours a week, it feels like. Um, we're, we have today off. Happy President's Day, everyone. It Happy is President's Pres- Day, right? It is yeah, President's okay. Day. It All is right, President's yeah. I'm like, Day. what holiday is this again? <laughs> you know what? You better remember it because, like, I don't know about, you know, because you're different because you're a teacher. Um, oh, yeah. This is the last federal holiday before 4th yeah, of July, right? Yeah. Well, no, uh, Memorial, Memorial Day. Memorial Day? Memorial Day, yeah. so... Yeah, Oof. we get spring break. We also have this weird week that we run at our school. It's um AP prep week where basically normal classes don't run for the high school. They take mock APs all week to simulate the testing style of actually taking APs because our kids take like four or five APs a year. So they're testing a lot. So we do like a prep week for that. And that's almost like a break in March because you have to go and proctor your own AP and then you have to grade it, which is, you know, intense. But you don't have to run normal classes like you usually get two or three days off to just grade in your pajamas, basically. So that's a little bit of a break for us, too, if you consider grading APs all week a break. Well, you know what? I have a solution for that. Just move, move to Florida where they're getting rid of AP. Oh, right. Courses. No, but they're going to have this like Christian values test instead. So would the paper like ignite if you or I touch those pieces of paper? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, probably would. <laughs> like little wisps of spirits would come flying up out yeah. of it, and you'd hear like these sounds, like ooh. <laughs> I just picture like you pick it up, and I'm like, you smell something burning. Yeah, and you're like oh. looking, you're like, oh. <laughs> Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah it so sounds about right. Solution. I'm sure you'd fit in great in Florida. Yeah. I'm actually going to be there in April because um, uh, ICDC is there for DECA. Our final round of competition is in Orlando. So I already have my ticket. I'm going to Florida. No, I mean, it's fine to visit. Yeah, yeah. Visiting is okay. Especially <laughs> Orlando. Orlando is like a – it's like not Florida. It's like Vegas is to Nevada. You know what I mean? Right, it's right. Just, just its own thing basically but um but yeah florida is something <laughs> it is. It anyway is. anyway all right so this is probably gonna be like a three-hour pod because we've been gone for a while so let's uh let's get through this some of this stuff the list is extensive it, it's an extensive list <laughs> right so we're gonna start with uh we're gonna start with some alin heavy sections here so oh, uh, okay i know i hope you're ready to dive in feet first i thought um, you were just gonna say i hope you're ready to die i was gonna be like all right we haven't filmed <laughs> I mean, and we haven't recorded i don't know that while. anybody has died while recording a podcast yet you might be the first but yeah. <laughs> i mean not we, our intention not yeah our i was intention. gonna say if it gets picked up like remember to like do something for me at every show. Like, oh my God, you were the one whose whose co-host died in the middle of a podcast. Just right. Make, I'll definitely have like a clip, you know. Yeah, like you. do like a shout out or yeah, something sure. at the end. For yeah, sure. that's all for I sure. ask. And then in your honor, I'll pick up one of those Jesus tests from Florida every week and let it burn and <laughs> that's, that's right. Like a candle in your honor, right? <laughs> All right, so you're going to start us off with a discussion of award season. This is definitely more you than me, because for the most part, I don't see any of the award-nominated movies, um, unless it's, you, you know, you nominated. Have, okay, I've seen a few this year, because um, Everything Everywhere All at Once kind of crossed over into my zone, right? So, yeah, so, uh, I mean, that's basically what, and, and, you know. Did that just get nominated for everything? Yeah, it did. Oh, okay. All at once. All oh, at once. Great. That's, I just hope it wins. I'll have seen it and I'll feel good. It will be all around a great thing. And, you know, Michelle Yeoh has just been tremendous with her little fun. I know they don't write their own anecdotes uh, when they get up and accept awards, but she's just been hilarious picking up her award. And it. I guess it's something. She's like a national treasure, but. I don't think she was born here, so no, she's no. not our national treasure. But I would like her to be our national treasure. But it, it is like I feel like we should adopt her. I just yes, feel like let's this, adopt Michelle Yeoh. This is just like the the year of women getting their due, and that's basically what I was going to talk about. Because you have Michelle Yeoh, who's been in the film industry. I mean, what her first movie, and this is like an American movie was what Jackie Chan's super cop, but she had been working way more than that. That was just her first crossover. I have Th- totally seen super cop. Yeah. That's what, like mm-hmm. how, how you can't avoid Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. She's everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I remember her better from crouching tiger, but that was yeah. after super cop. Yeah. But I mean, even then, and then she, she um, she popped up in the, Eter- she wasn't, was she in the eternals? No, she's sorry. She was in Shang-Chi. Um, yeah. She's, yeah. she's just everywhere. And it's so great. I believe she's in her 50s. And to be wow. like having yes. this this renaissance. 
yeah. not necessarily, but being having the recognition at this time is great. Um, yeah. I'm very much enjoying uh, super spreader Jamie Lee Curtis. She gave everyone COVID at oh the God. Golden Globes. Are you kidding? Um, yeah, I guess she she apologized. Um, but this is her first nomination, and she's been working since the 70s. Wow. I mean, she is against Angela Bassett. For what? So, Wakanda Forever. Oh, God, Wakanda Forever got nominated? Yes. she. The way it is looking, and I don't want to curse it, wow. and I don't want, you know, Angela Bassett in her massive beautifully sculpted biceps to punch me in the face, but it is looking as though she is going to be the first Marvel actress to win an acting award for it within the MCU. Wow. That'd be, that'd be something. And this would also be her for first Oscar win. Wow. She's been also awarded. in her fifties or sixties at this point. Fifties. These women don't wow. look like they're in their 50s. No, they don't. But, I mean, they have the money, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. Remember, you're not old or ugly. You're just poor. Yeah, that that is, That's you know. That's the thing, yeah. That reminds me, I got to put, like, my little under-eye cream on to try to <laughs> <laughs> stave off that. But, yeah, that's, that's what I've really been enjoying this award season. And, you know, even going back to television with the Golden Globes, like, Jennifer Coolidge won for... Um, White Lotus in the television category. She's been working steadily since the 1990s and she's mm-hmm. finally getting her due. And in her acceptance speech, she thanked Mike White, who's the creator of the White Lotus, because now she's getting invited to parties in her neighborhood and people are saying hi to her. And they <laughs> oh, had ignored her for like all of this time. And uh, the funniest thing was she was holding the Golden Globe and she put it down on the stage. She said, I can't carry this. I don't work out. <laughs> so, I'm just really enjoying these women who have been working in the industry for decades. We've watched them. We've loved them. And now finally, they are being recognized for all of the great work that they do. And it's just that's what I'm enjoying most about this particular award season. Nice, nice. Any other movies that have multiple awards or like high profile awards that you want to mention or that you think I've seen? Mm, That'd be a no. I know. Well, we're both anti uh, Avatar. Oh, God. Yeah, we are. Oh, also, speaking of that, um, you also saw The Whale, which I know has got some awards. And you said that you didn't think it was as good as everybody was saying. No, no, no. Like, it's, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I've been in this mood when I watch things that I haven't seen. Well, with the exception of the menu, I guess, what we're going to talk about. It's been a while since I've seen a good movie. So going to see The Whale, I was excited because here's this great Oscar-nominated movie. Brendan Fraser is supposed to be amazing in it. And I watch it, and it's like an episode of my 600-pound life. Oh. It felt very exploitative of individuals who are uh, dealing with obesity. Uh, mm-hmm. It was it was disappointing to me. I mean, Brendan Fraser was great in it, but it was just Brendan Fraser in a. It was the suit that was mm-hmm. doing all of the work. Interesting. 
And yeah, and it just, I wanted it to be better than it was. Mm -hmm. Um, It just, I, like you had your, your scenes where he's just binging food and it's like, okay, we understand. We understand how he got this way. We understand when he's ordering three pizzas every night and his friends are bringing him like buckets and buckets of Kentucky fried chicken. So that was also the other thing was he didn't leave his apartment, but he had a lot, he had enablers in his life Mm. who would bring him, you know, candy bars, like nothing. I didn't see a fruit or a vegetable Mm -hmm. in there. And it was just something that, I just not an enjoyable watch. No, it's not an enjoyable watch. I walked out of it and and I'll I'll say this, I've never so it's it's a Darren Aronofsky film. Mhm. Never walked out of one of his movies feeling good. Oh, really? What are some of the other ones? Uh Requiem for a Dream. Oh god, save us. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so and okay. he did he did that movie Mother. I oh, oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's like after I watched that, I was like, yeah, I don't know what you were expecting because you're going to yeah, walk yeah. out depressed. And then fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Yeah. Shame on you again. Fool me three times. OK, maybe there's a pattern here. And, and honestly, if anybody plans to watch it, eat dinner before, because when you go to dinner after, it's like, oh, God, I don't want to eat anything. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. But no, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure uh, Brendan Fraser keeps going back and forth with uh, Austin Butler for Elvis. Oh, so yeah, yeah. They yeah. kind of they kind of are going back and forth and winning awards. So, I mean, the, the whole thing is the Oscars love a comeback story. Mm-hmm. And Brendan Fraser didn't really leave. But right, right, right. But it feels like he just came back. Yeah, <laughs> on yeah. Something. Sometimes, yeah. But like. I don't know. I think he might win it just because of that. And Austin mm-hmm. Butler is like twenty in his late twenties, early thirties, maybe. So he's yeah, he's got, has, yeah, he's he's got, got a long time. career. But did you see that Brandon Fraser said he would do another mummy movie? Oh yeah, he had like a I think he also had like a sign that he held up at one of the awards ceremonies where it said, Would you rather be watching the mummy starring Brendan Fraser or something like that? Yeah. And he's like he's another one who's just like adorable and you hear yeah, nothing yeah. nothing but nice things about yeah. him from you know in fan interactions. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, I've I've always I, I was sad with what happened to him because I always enjoyed him and was totally in love with him when I was younger. Oh my so. god, I remember you were. Yeah, oh yeah, it's crazy. Like other people do remember that I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember just like going like I remember I think if I did not see all the mummy movies with you, yep. I don't know Somebody who I had to do it. Someone, someone did. You took um, the <laughs> I mean, but no, he was very handsome and dashing and oh, kind of sure. goofy. Yeah, and, yeah. But I remember watching it's uh, like the same kind of trope of why I was in love with Nathan Fillion for the longest time. You know, that same yeah. kind of thing, right? Yeah, I have I a type. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they have to have floppy hair. I know. I know. I love floppy hair. Is that why your husband has floppy hair? Yeah, you need to grow it out for me. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. All right. So any other thoughts on award ceremonies? No, I mean, we're we're coming down to the wire. Uh, I think the Oscars are in a couple weeks. I'll do my picks before then. Not that anyone, you know, 
Yeah, yeah. You're gonna do yeah. like the um the scorecard? Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Um but I was trying to think of other movies that you you might have seen. I mean Top Gun Maverick is nominated for like a lot of technical awards. I I feel like it should win for like sound editing or something. Yeah. Something sound related. It probably will. Like that's and you know, then it will be like, oh Oscar award winner. Oh yeah, they love to do that crap. Oh yeah. But yeah, I mean I'm trying to think of like the the best movies, things you you wouldn't have seen anything else. Okay, that's fair. Because I mean, Top Gun was nominated. Um Everything Everywhere All at Once. But then it's like all quiet on the Western front. Like I can't watch another war movie. Ooh. You know, I debated watching that because I do like war movies every now and again. And I liked that one. Was it like 1913 or something? The one that was like eight shots total. Like it was all like basically a one shot. I I really enjoyed that one. Um, And I I do enjoy myself a war movie every now and again to remind me that my life is not so bad. But um, yeah, all quite on the Western front. Oh, I don't know about that one. And there's like um like Steven Spielberg has a semi autobiographical movie called The Fablemans. Yeah. And none of these movies, with the exception of like Top Gun Maverick, are really in the theaters. Right. You got to kind of go seek them out, and that's yeah. not really. Yeah. That's not happening right now. <laughs> no. So I mean, yeah, but so you have seen two of the Yay. best picture best picture nominees. Hey, that's like double my usual rate, so I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, you should be proud. All right. So we did our Oscar nominated, like the good movies, right? The really good movies. Mm-hmm. Now I think it's time we move on to something terrible. Oh, I got to get the sound effect. Ooh. Right? Because it's been a while. I want to be able to do it. it. Has, I know. It's everybody's favorite segment. <laughs> a lady views bad movies. So what's on the docket today that's terrible? It would be Mithrigan. Yeah, Mithrigan. Yes. As an English teacher, I cannot abide by that three. It's uh, Deadmau5 and Mithrigan. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Megan, I really wanted it to be good. I mean, it. it, You did? You actually had hope for this? Did you see the trailer? Okay, I didn't. I I saw pictures and I thought, oh, this is going to be terrible. (laughs) <laughs> no, so, like, the trailer was amazing. It was actually, I don't know who keeps track of these things, and I'm too lazy to find out, but it was, like, the best-reviewed trailer. Like, people wanted to see the movie because of the trailer and how good it was. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And, um, you know, I did rent it. I didn't go to the movies. I did, like, the whole thing. It was, like, rent from home. That was um, probably a good call on your part. Yeah. But now I find out that this week uh, an unrated version is coming to Peacock. And I'm really upset because, I mean, I shouldn't say I'm really upset. But yeah. it, was, it was it was PG. It's a PG-13 horror movie. Oh, and they're releasing an R one? Yeah, as they should, because there should be a lot more blood in these kills. Oh. Um, so, like, the whole, the whole theory, the whole thing with Megan is... As one does, there's an orf one a child is orphaned in a freak car accident. Mm-hmm. She goes to live with her aunt, played by Allison Williams, who is 
she's too busy to take care of a kid, right? She's, okay, a, sure. she's, a, she's a career gal. Mm-hmm. She's got too much going on to deal with the kid. She also happens to be an engineer who's working on a lifelike doll. Of course. For, like, <laughs> toy, George, toy company. As you do. Yeah. So she decides that she's going to, you know, kind of accelerate the process of this doll coming out. And she makes Megan. I forget why it's called. It's like mechanized third generation. Android. I was just going to ask you where. And, the th- yeah. Okay. It's like, yeah. But. Mechanized third, third generation. generation Android. Android. I don't. Human Android. I don't know what the N is. Nanotech. I don't okay. know. Okay. It's not, it's not I feel like we got really close. Like that that was yeah. that was plausible. All of that was believable, right? Someone there. is shouting at us. I mean <laughs> Do they care enough to shout? You know what the movie it's already got a sequel. Oh no, it's really? Yeah. Because it's like become this whole like there's all these memes about it. Is this there, like Morbin time all over again? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. And I got I guess like also um there's an affinity for her within the gay and lesbian community because of her outfits. Like she wears sunglasses inside and she wears like coats, even though she's a robot and will never be Wait. cold. Okay, I'm old and I don't know anything. Does yeah. sunglasses inside mean gay? Is that a thing? No, it's just fashionable. Like they enjoy. Oh, okay. They, I was like, like, what like, is going a, on? No, like she's a robot. She doesn't need sunglasses. That's but, true. Like, That's true. But like all so of they just outfits. have an affinity for her because of her style. Yes, yes. Oh, okay, okay. And her dance moves. Oh, are they better than Wednesday? You know what? I think her and Wednesday are gonna have to have a dance battle because it's very, very similar. Let's and, do like, it. Style, song, uh, you know. So it's just something where there's a lovable niche for Megan. Okay. Um, but the movie itself is bad. Yeah, I really want it. Like, you know, it sounds like it's going to be good because, you know, you know that this is a bad idea from the beginning. We right, all I mean, watched, like the Chucky movies were fairly that's popular. What I was say. Yeah, like we know this is bad. We saw a child's play. Right. We know what's going to happen. And then, of course, Megan goes on a killing spree as, you know, robots do. I mean, and, they figure out how much we suck pretty fast. I mean, oh, look, yeah. at the, look at Skynet, you know. Oh, yeah. When we still haven't learned from Skynet because we continue to do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, now we have but, chat GPT and my kids are already using it to cheat. <sighs> Save us. Yeah. No, the robot overlords, they're they're like, wow, this is so much easier than we thought it was going to be. Yeah, we can just have them destroy each other from within. <laughs> yeah, they're like sitting back and eating popcorn and being like, it will be done soon. The robot overlords are eating popcorn now? This is horrifying. Yeah, no, this is because they can. It just keeps getting worse. It's getting worse and worse, Alin. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so having zero expectations, I mean, people love it because it's campy and fun. Does it take itself seriously? No. Okay, well, that's good. Because you reviewed one. Now I can't even remember what it was. It was like it took itself too seriously. Probably Malignant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Yeah. And that's a big problem when you're going to be campy horror movie. Yeah. So, I mean, they kind of just threw their their hands to the sky and said, all right, we're just going to do this. But uh, I really wanted to like it because I had been reading all of these good things about it. I mean, let's just put it this way. Good for a horror movie. Okay. You know, I'm not expecting, you know, quality screenwriting and to be dazzled. Hey, you know, 
The Last of Us is horror, and I am both seeing quality and dazzling. So well, like you said, they had good good source material. Oh, they had really good source material. So, but the source material for Mithrigan would technically be the screenplay. So yeah, so I mean, it's going to be on on Peacock. So for those that have Peacock, it is for, available for your viewing pleasure. This week there will be the regular theatrical cut mm-hmm. and the regular and the the unseen uncut version, which is supposed to be a lot bloodier. Which I I'm gonna try to watch it. Give it another chance to see if, like, for whatever reason, it just wasn't clicking. But I also watched it with Al and Chris, and they said it was bad. Mm-hmm. So, so you had three opinions all at once there. Yeah, yeah. But okay. um, you know what? If it's if it's on for free, just watch it. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Yeah, I mean, we do get Peacock because it comes free with our internet. So I won't say our internet provider's name because they don't pay us, and I don't love them. No, no one loves their internet provider. It's so true. Oh. They're anyway. horrible. Everything is horrible. Yeah. Everything, like, everywhere, all at once is horrible. horrible. Not the movie, but just life. Yeah, just life. Just yeah. life generally. Like, I saw a meme that said, like, if I had known that I would be uh, having to work and deal with, like, Brenda in, in accounting just so I could buy paper towels and eggs, I wouldn't want to grow up. Oh, yeah. No, nobody should want that. No. That's what I tell my kids in school every time they complain about school. I'm like, believe me, the working world is worse. Enjoy this while it lasts. Yeah. <laughs> they don't believe me, but, you know, they'll figure they it out someday. <laughs> and then they'll look back and they'll be like, oh, man, Miss Silva was right. <laughs> this sucks. Yeah. It's horrible. That's what yeah. I, you know, I haven't taught in a while, but it's just like, I'm like, just do this for as long as you can. Yeah, no, right. Just stay in school forever. <laughs> I kind of did. <laughs> I, you know, I tried to stay for as long as I could. Yeah. Yeah, we both we both took an extended stay. Yeah. I think you were there longer than I was even. Yeah. I would go back if I could. Yeah, I, I don't think I could write papers again. No, After grading papers for so many years, I wouldn't want to go back to writing no, them. No, I don't want to write papers. I just want to go to school and audit classes. Like, I don't, ah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like I'll go, I'll take notes, but I'm not doing any of the work or taking tests or writing papers. I just want to learn. <laughs> so no real demands there. Like just, that seems very reasonable. <laughs> no, exactly. It's like I feel like I feel like that should be an option for me. Uh, I would keep it would keep me busy and out of trouble. I just wouldn't get paid for it. That's the problem. Yeah, that is the problem. Right. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, anything else about Mithrigan? No, no. Okay. I mean, well, I might um, check it out since it's gonna be on Peacock. Who knows? Yeah, if it's, if it's free, it's you know, I there's, I I don't I didn't come up with it, but if if, if it's free, it's for me. So. Oh, I like that. Yeah. All right. You don't have to come up with it. You can still use it and pass it along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So um, we have our our little catch up now, which is like uh little short takes on things that have been uh, happening since the last pod. Um, I had a couple that I wanted to bring up, uh, just little quickies. And um, the first one was a game that actually came out last year, and I hadn't had a chance to play it during the year that it came out. Um, but it's called The Curse of the Golden Idol. And I think if I had played it last year, it would have been on my end of year best of. Oh. Um, yeah, because it was really, really good. It's basically this um, this logic crime scene detective discovery kind of game 
where you get uh, almost like a static or stationary scene in front of you. It's almost like a frozen in time kind of scene. And there will always be one dead person and then a bunch of other people and little clues everywhere that you can click on. And based on the clues that you get, uh, you have to put together some scenario of what happened, who the murdered person was, who the killer was, what the murder weapon was, what the motive was, all of this stuff. you got to kind of assemble the story, if you will. And basically, as you're looking at all these clues, you're going to kind of unlock words and the words will compile in the bottom of the screen so it'll be names of people names of places names of objects things like that and then when you go into this book the book will say uh at 10 a.m on saturday blank blank that would be like first and last name was killed by blank blank with a blank in the blank oh uh blank blank killed blank blank because of blank and blank blank (laughs) and then you have to fill in all the blanks uh with the words that you find and um it is an extremely clever game. It's very well written. It, it takes place, the scenarios that you get are not um, individual. It's like a, an overarching story that's very reminiscent to V for Vendetta um, about this secret society that kind of takes over government and turns everything crazy. And it, it, it tells like a complete tale from start to finish. And it's it's really well done. Very clever. I kind of feel like if you like crime scene investigating and stuff like that, you would almost be, this would be very easy for you to play. There's no reflexes involved. There's no time limits. It's just thinking and putting together the the motives for, for what happened. And, wow, oh, it's really, really well done. So um, if anybody is interested in The Curse of the Golden Idol, I highly recommend it. It definitely would have made my top three um, best games of the year for sure. Wow, let's say I feel like Owen Wilson. Wow. Wow, yeah. We haven't had that in a while. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, yeah, excellent, excellent game. Um, And I hear you are going to tell us about The Woman King. Oh, I'm going to talk about The Woman King. Okay, so so I want, you know, first of all, speaking of women who are having an amazing award season, congratulations to Viola Davis for becoming a member of the EGOT club. She oh, has yeah, yeah. got the Emmy, the Grammy, the Oscar, and the Tony. Um, it's very exclusive. I think there's only like 19 people that are that are in it for better or worse. And recently The Woman King came out on Netflix on Friday. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah, neither did I until I was, you know, just kind of scrolling and I saw that it's the number one movie on Netflix. It was something I I was interested in seeing. Um, It is a a beautifully shot film. It's every single person in the cast is amazing. And so for those that don't know about the movie, it just there's a, an elite force of women warrior, warriors. I I don't even want to try. It's like the Anoje. I don't even want to try to pronounce it. It's the Dora Milaje. Yeah. Well, basically, that's the Dora Milaje is based off of this old, like, you know, historical group of women. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get to see them as they're battling for their king. And so what's interesting in the movie is um, it takes place in Africa. Everyone is, is uh, a person of color in the film, 
And when the movie came out, there was a lot of backlash because uh, this particular tribe did sell its own people into slavery. So we're uh. talking... We're talking about those times, um, and it was when the European slave trade was at its height. The American slave trade had not really blossomed yet. It would eventually come over, and they kind of told themselves that they weren't doing uh, anything wrong because they were only selling enemies. Okay. But there's obviously, you know, issues there if everyone is from the same place. Aren't we selling our own people? So the movie does glamorize this particular tribe and kind of just kind of sweeps it under the rug that they were doing, you know, uh, they were, they were bad actors basically. Oh, okay. And and the movie just kind of glossed over this or didn't really handle it. I mean, it mentioned it. You had people within the, the King's council who talked about maybe stopping it and switching to a different kind of, um, you know, export, but they kept saying that's where the money is. But this also wasn't really what the movie was about, right? Like, no, no. But like, so obviously, if you if you were captured by another tribe, a, a neighboring tribe, a, a warring tribe, they would either, you know, kill you or they would sell you at a marketplace. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there was always this undercurrent of if you're captured, you're going to be placed in the slave trade. And, you know, here we are glamorizing this kingdom that is supposed to be the epitome of, you know, I'm trying to think like moral righteousness because they uh-huh. are the right tribe. There are all these, other, you know, there there are warring factions so are we glamorizing them because they were more progressive in how their women were treated? Is that the idea? Right. They were, okay. Right. So you're like, wow, they're so great because they have this great women contingent. Right. But they're not really heroes because of the whole slave thing. Exactly. So uh-huh. I can see why people are upset about that. Yeah. I enjoyed the film. I got a little teary eyed. I don't know if I was like tired or what. Or, like, what is this salty discharge from my eyes? Hey, you're but, allowed to get teary. I mean, I get yeah. teary at Super Bowl commercials, so, you know. Oh, okay. That's what I would. So, watch. I, I would recommend The Woman King. Okay. I'm I'm adding something right now real quick. Uh-huh. Because the Super Bowl, we didn't talk Super Bowl. Yeah, no, that's a whole thing, isn't it? Yeah, I was Hey, just I was really happy that I was right that Rihanna was pregnant. I asked you in the middle of the Super Bowl, I'm like, is she pregnant? And you were like, I don't know. And then later on, you were like, she is. Because <laughs> I didn't want to body shame. Yeah, like, no, I know, wasn't trying to body shame her. No, I no, just no, said she like, looks pregnant. She just had a baby last May. So I was like, oh, okay, oh, maybe yeah. she has When you told me that, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I was, I was over it already. But then you came back and you were like, no, she's pregnant. I was like, oh, cool. I mean, I gave her props for doing that while pregnant. Yeah, no, I mean, the the you know, her hanging from, I saw a lot of people on the internet said it looked like Smash Brothers, the way the, <laughs> the, but I was just going to ask you, what was your favorite? Cause I have a favorite. What was your favorite Super Bowl commercial? Um, okay. So there were two that made me cry and they both had dogs in them. There was a lot of sad dog. Yeah. There was a lot of sad dog commercials. Um, 
I'm not sure. Okay, so the the ones that I I remember because they made me cry were the Amazon commercial with the dogs, and then there was the farmer's dog, where the girl grew up with the dog, and then she got she went to college and still had the dog, and she got married and she still had the dog, and then she had a baby and she still had the dog, and the the commercial was like, the more more years are important or something like that. So you feed them the good food. Yeah. It's- um, I remember that one really well. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the whole stunt that M&M's did. I know a lot of people said that they they liked that whole stunt where it was like, we're getting rid of the M&M's. We're getting Maya Rudolph. No, we're bringing the M&M's back. Like, I thought I thought that was kind of weird. But I don't know. What was yours? So my favorite one, and this is such a Massachusetts thing, it's Ben Affleck working at Dunkin' Donuts. I didn't even see this one. Oh, my God. You have to watch. You have to look it up because okay. it was it was big news that he was he was in Medford, Massachusetts, spotted at a Dunkin Donuts. And oh, was he filming this thing? Yes, he was filming it. And you have to watch it because this is it's so goofy. His Boston accent is in full effect. Oh, boy. He has no clue what he's doing. Of course not. And then Jennifer Lopez appears in a very <laughs> funny, funny way. Like, you know, so just it's like and then you can watch the outtakes. There's like this whole thing where you can watch the outtakes. But it's so funny because for, um, you know, over here in New England, we tend to worship our celebrities. Ben Affleck, no matter where he is, he finds the Dunkin Donuts. There are very few and far between in California. But he is oh, constantly. Oh yeah, there's there's not that many. <laughs> yeah, he's constantly pictured drinking a Dunkin' iced coffee. Hilarious. So I it's so funny. It's so funny. So sorry I had to kind of talk about Ben Affleck being Ben Affleck. Fair enough. All yeah. right. All right, we've covered a lot of bases so far, and we still got a ways to go. Are you ready? All right, ready. All right, moving into the big three. Um, we both watched 3,000 Years of Longing, and this is sort of like your adult version of Aladdin or Arabian Nights. It's a genie tale, um, and it's basically uh, half the movie is set in the past and half the movie is set in the present, maybe slightly less than half in the present. And um, it stars oh let me get my notes here so that i don't screw idris. anything up i, I was know, gonna right? say idris elba i know idris elba and tilda swinton yes and um both of them are phenomenal in this movie uh i think you and i both had the same problem in that the way that the movie is set up it starts with idris elba who is the djinn or the genie telling the story of his life and all of the different you know sort of masters that he's had throughout the years um and you know they were all women i think they were pretty much all women right yeah yeah they Um, were and you know the sort of love affairs that he's had with these women throughout history and um you know the mistakes that they made and the wishes that they made and the history that they choose here is sort of like uh it's an untapped market of fantastical history um in the Middle East, where you don't, you know, it's very common for you to hear, to hear like the history of the ancient Egyptians or something. But this was sort of interesting history that you don't really see too often portrayed in the movies and in like a big kind of big budget, fantastical kind of way. So I think the problem that you and I both had with this movie is not that it was a bad movie, but we wanted the entire movie to be stories about the genie's past. Yes. And then once it made it into the present, it was much less interesting. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. 
Tilda Swinton is doing her zaniest to she's be great. interesting. She's, yeah, she's really trying. No, and I I was invested in her story because of course we get a little introduction to her, her her life, how she's living, and then Idris Elba, through a series of circumstances, appears. And it's just the two of them sitting in the comfiest looking robes that I've ever seen, uh, telling tales of his past. And I really did, like, whenever it would come back to the present, I'd go, oh. Right. It's It's, it's exactly true. And when it finally made its way back to the present and you got to hear the, you got to see like her story with him. I was just, I don't want to say disappointed, but almost disappointed. Like I get it. This is a love story and it's, it's adorable and I have no problem with it, but man, go back to King Solomon, go back to the queen of Sheba, go back to, you know, like, Oh man, was that stuff cool? Like I, Oh man, I just really loved that ancient kind of, oh, look, the genie knew the Queen of Sheba. Like, you know, oh, man, it was just so fun. And then, you know, the the the, the normal modern stuff was just so boring by comparison to that, those historical tales, you know. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the other thing that I liked about it, and it's also like a, a genre of books that I like to read is a historical fiction. Yeah. So I was enjoying the historical fiction aspects of his tales Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. yeah it reminded me a lot of uh was it jonathan strange and mr norrell did you ever read that no i have it on like a separate list that yeah that is probably my favorite historic oh god it's massive right that's why i'm like uh. it's worth it it's a really good read i finished it and loved it and there's a tv show and the tv show's good Oh, it is? Okay, I was going to ask yeah. you that because I know. Oh, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, and and this kind of reminded me a little bit of that, that this kind of idea, you know. Um, but here's the thing I wanted to ask you. Yes. So the whole point of this movie is, is the genie real or not? Is the genie there telling the stories or is it in her head? And you get a lot of hints to both directions. I was like, and I was going to say, is there a right answer? Uh, no. Is the genie real in your mind? Yeah, I thought he was real. I thought he was not real. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's because I don't want to live in a world where Idris Elba doesn't exist. So uh, Yes, I would love to live in a world with genies. But I yeah. felt like the, the point of this was to describe to us that she was trying to live a solo, fulfilled life. And that sh- this was how she did it basically okay. was by crafting this romanticized, not solo love filled world, if you will. Okay. I think the biggest hint was in the beginning when she passed out and the way she describes it as like, sometimes my mind gets away from me or something. Oh like yeah. She kept saying that. Like. Yeah. 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 And then you get other hints where like, all of the women in the past that he knew in his past stories all had visual tics that were similar to hers, like the mm-hmm. foot tapping. Um, one of them did the foot tapping that she did on the airplane. Um, one of them did like, I don't know, it was like licking her lips a certain way or something like that. And she did the same kind of visual cue. So you were supposed to, I think you were supposed to see her in all these women. 
no, I can see that. I can see that. So I think it was a metaphor, but I absolutely 100% agree with you that we do need to live in a world where Idris Elba is a genie who's like 12 yeah. feet tall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because he yeah. can pull it off. Would you recommend this movie? Yes. Yeah, I would too. I would, I would say I would say that it, it fizzles out a bit in the second half, but the first half is so good that it's worth the fizzle. And well, you know what? It's one of one of the things that I liked about it is you don't see movies like this. It this had a is lot, true. You know, it had a lot of magical realism. It's like it. everything, everywhere, all at once in that way. Yeah. So it and it made you think. And it's just something like, you know, a movie like that. And this is why everything everywhere all at once being such a hit is amazing. Like, I don't think a lot of people saw 3000 years of longing. No, I don't think so either. And magical realism, as you imagine, is a, is to me, is a, it's a huge genre of literature and really successful genre of literature that's sort of untapped a little bit in the movie industry. And I don't know, I think you could kind of get that going a little bit more and a little bit better than they do. But um I love that genre, and I think this is a really good example of it, and Everything Everywhere All at Once probably is a pretty good example of it, too, and I would love more of it. So, um, yeah, I I would recommend this, too. Oh, absolutely, and I want to, like, when you told me that I could watch it, basically, because you had rented it, um, it was like, oh, I had read really good things about this movie but and then just, just forgotten about it right yeah because yeah, same never, thing for us mm-hmm. never popped into any of the local movie theaters right and then it just quietly appeared on Redbox, and we were having like a get together and we were looking for a movie to watch and that one popped up and we were just like oh this one i wanted to see this i forgot all about this you know exactly mm-hmm. so, so yeah, yeah definitely absolutely recommend it all right cool okay let's get to the weirdy which um, one <laughs> okay so much like how i can't figure out if anna taylor joy is beautiful or weird looking i also can't figure out what the menu was trying to tell me what is the message of this movie because i really wanted this movie to be something that it wasn't um and i thought it was kind of going in a direction of uh yeah, look at all these horrible rich people who treat uh, service workers terribly. We're going to murder them horribly in our crazy upscale restaurant. And haha, here's the message. And everybody is going to feel feelings. And that just did not occur in any way, shape or form in the way that I wanted it to or that I thought it was going to. And the ending of this movie just sent, I think, a terribly wrong message. <laughs> Uh, can can, can we just like say one thing about it is it just really wanted i wanted a cheeseburger so badly oh everybody like i actually ate a cheeseburger after i saw this like a week later it took me like a week to get my hands on it but i got that cheeseburger like i don't normally order cheeseburgers when i go i had never ordered it like it had to have been at least a year or more since i have had a burger that's what i mean but it was just like i went out and i was like you could have a burger because of the yeah. menu. Right, you could. You totally could. Yeah. And we did. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I what did you think? Because I I thought that the message here of the the message about the workers dying, the message the 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 female misogyny kind of message was terrible. Like what I don't know. What did you think about this? Well, I'm going to say there's this weird thing going on in our society 
right now. And it's kind of like, I don't know, there's this whole subgenre of eat the rich kind of shows where we're showing how horrible people are. Like, that's what the White Lotus is. Okay. You're watching with this genre. Yeah. Like you're watching these horribly entitled people behave in ways where they don't even recognize the humanity of people who are like, quote unquote, servers or, you know, bringing up their luggage. There's just a sense of entitlement or even prostitutes, which we had that here. Exactly. And I've been I read a I read a book um, recently. I don't even know when it came out. It was called The Club. It was based on an exclusive club for like one percenters. Yeah. And there's like all these different other things. But there is like this real thing going on where we have the these fictional revenge type movies, books, television shows coming out because it's the only way to revolt against all of these people who have all of the money. And rather than return it, they're just going to keep doing stock buybacks. I mean, Glass Onion is exactly this, which we'll get to later. Right. And that, so that was another part of the the subgenre that we're seeing a lot of. And I, I don't know. It's, a I guess, a, a moment in time. But... I just started that way. Yes. And I had, and I'll, I'm going to be honest. I had no idea what the menu was about. No, I didn't either. You just told me, go watch the thing. Yeah. And because I had read good reviews of it and I actually saw it listed on a horror, uh, like a list of horror movies to stream. So I wasn't, you know, sure. I'm going to be honest at some point. I thought it was going to be like cannibalism. Like yeah, that's what I did too. I'm like, oh, they're gonna cook all these rich people and eat them at the end. Yeah. And it's gonna be like literally eating the rich. This is gonna be great. Right. And but like nope, nope, nope. No, it was just like a, a social commentary. But what were they socially commenting on? This was the thing. Like, if you were trying to give some rights to service workers and trying to show how service workers deserve respect. You don't treat them the way this movie treated them. Yeah, I mean, that that's the whole. So it's difficult because if it was just about giving the comeuppance to the rich, there wouldn't have been the other storyline. Right. Um, and honestly, I did laugh out loud when he was he asked uh, John Leguizamo's assistant, like, do you have college debt? Where'd you go to school? And she was like, Brown. And he was like, student loans. And she's like, no. And he's like, you're going to die tonight. <laughs> like, Yeah. But but then that's why I thought they were all interested in Margot is because they could tell she wasn't one of them. And they were like, I kept thinking, oh, they're going to they're going to bring her over to the other side. This is going to be like Midsummer, where she's going to end up lighting the match, you know, the proverbial match to take them all out. Because they find out that she's a service worker, too, and they're all going to watch this burn. You know, like, I kind of thought that's kind of the way it was going to go. I mean, the only thing that I can think of is the the way that the the people, the the servers, the people working on this island, they realize they're never going to escape that reality. So why? Why? don't they just end 
their reality. So in my mind, that only applies to Ralph Fiennes' character because he has dug himself into this hole where the thing that once brought him joy is now bringing him eternal misery. But all of the chefs who are there with him, to me, this is just a job for them and they could go work at a different restaurant or they could get a different job and they didn't have to, quote unquote, go down with the ship. You know what I mean? But maybe they, they're like at that the level that they're at, they're going to go work at another restaurant and it's just going to be the same cycle of people. But then wouldn't the message have been to like break the cycle and like go work something, you know, like what if he left in his will or something, all of his money to his service workers and they now show them at the end, like doing art or something, you know, or like, I don't know anything construction work <laughs> construction work like anything <laughs> like it it just it just bothered me for some reason that these people they almost felt like they had been brainwashed by him into feeling like they had to give their life for this person which i think contradicted the message that they were trying to send about the the elevated status of the rich people no, you don't give your life for me, just like you don't give your life for these, you know, rich people over here at the table. Like, I just, there was a lot of contradiction in that for me. I just wasn't sure what the movie was trying to tell me. Maybe the movie's not trying to tell me anything. Maybe it's just trying to tell me to eat a cheeseburger. But I was confused. Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't really think of the service workers. <laughs> maybe, oh, maybe no, I, yeah. am maybe. I part of the problem <laughs> you are the problem no I'm just kidding <laughs> I always tip 25% sometimes 30 because I feel bad because <laughs> I know there are people like my mother who doesn't tip correctly. oh no I have to fix the tip Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's an interesting movie in that it's generating these kinds of discussions between us. I ultimately walked away from it feeling confused and kind of frustrated with the message at the end. I was especially confused because there was like this one scene where this woman was like, you sexually abused me or not sexually abused me, but like she, she was harassed, basically. And um, she wouldn't go out with him. And then he basically made her life hell. And then she like, slapped him he apologized and then she was still willing to die for him and then she says later that that was her idea and i was like what like i was so confused by that i don't know i don't know (laughs) (laughs) anyway burger yes the cheeseburger was great i would like to remake the menu and do it my way but uh it's an interesting movie. I, maybe it's one of those movies where, like, I'm not necessarily going to recommend it, but I'm going to say to you, watch it and make up your own mind because it's just got that much going on in it. No, it's and it's true, and it keeps you on the edge of your seat. I think yeah, because you don't know what, what's going on. Like three quarters of it, you have no clue what's happening. And I also enjoyed the little title cards. In between the oh, dinner. Yeah. I think that was my favorite part. Yes. Where like the one guy cooks, they force him to cook, yes. and he screws it up horribly. And then the little title card says like crap food with crap barely cooked sides or something. Yeah, you know, it's- and it's just like, yeah, it was just so funny to see like that aspect of it. Also, like 
you know, Ray Fiennes is just terrifying. Yes. Um, I love the character of his mother just sitting in the corner drinking. The know, whole time. <laughs> the yeah. whole time, not saying a word, you know, things like that. Um, there's just so, I and I, I think it's something, a, a movie that a second viewing, I would probably pick up more on it. Just like the little things, maybe watching things going on in the background. Um, Cause it is that layered. It is a, a very layered movie. And I would, it's, it's so far what we've been doing. I mean, obviously it's the big three, but I'm recommending two out of the three so far. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. You ready to move on to the third one? Yes. Okay. So um, this was highly recommended by Chris, right? Yeah, it was my brother-in-law Chris's. It was his pick of the year mm-hmm. for 2022. And I will tell you, I have not met a person who watched it and didn't like it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I had some minor issues with the mm-hmm. ending, but um, overall, I thought that Wednesday was very enjoyable. I absolutely loved Jenna Ortega. Um, I will say that I was so proud of myself because when she was playing her cello, I was like, hey, good on her for really uh, learning how to play the cello. And and my husband was like, that's not her. That's got to be some kind of stand in. And I was like, yeah, it looks like her. It looks like she's really playing. And then there was an article later about how the schedule, the music schedule that she went through in order to learn how to play the uh, cello, like made her cry every day for weeks. And I was like, oh, good on her. She did learn how to play it. And I was also right. But she cried a lot. So yeah, (laughs) no, I mean, you've just read so much. And so I think Jenna Ortega is a, she's a Nickelodeon kid or a Disney kid. Like you can probably find that out real fast here. Yeah. Like the, the other people, like people a generation or so younger than us know who she is. Oh, Alin, you will be proud to know that she has voiced a character in 47 episodes of Jurassic world camp Cretaceous. (gasps) (gasps) Yeah, she's Brooklyn, if you are familiar. Oh, I know who Brooklyn is. Oh, okay. She's, okay, yeah. Yeah. But I was very impressed. I watched a movie with her. It was on HBO. I cannot tell you the name of it. Um, it wasn't... I would not say watch this movie because it is a very heavy movie. I will eventually pull up the name of it, but it's about a school shooting. So oh. she and another girl happened to be in the bathroom. Was it American Carnage? No, no. I'm just looking at the list of all the movies she's been in recently. Um, it was but, a. There was another one called X, and then another one called The Fallout. I don't know if any of those. The Fallout. Right. That the was fallout. it. Okay. okay. Yeah. So it was, you know, and that kid has acting chops. Like, yeah. so when I saw her in that, I was like, oh, this kid's really, really good. And then when I saw she had been cast in Wednesday, I was like, okay. And I had no plans to kind of watch it, I guess, because I don't know. I enjoyed the, the Adams family films of the Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. nineties. Yeah. So did I. Yeah. We didn't necessarily grow up with the Adams family because the TV show was long gone by the time we came around. But for, for me, I like the movies specifically the second movie better um, just because it was so campy. Yeah. And yeah, I remember enjoying the movies. I don't remember a lot of detail about them because it's been so long. But I remember I had a good, you know, vibe going into this. 
And I, I think, you know, not knowing enough about the, I know that there's like a whole comic book series and, you know, yes, you I to- guess this is a little bit more based on the comic, especially um, with the casting of her father, Luis Guzman. Yes. Who a, a couple people were like criticizing, like there's no way Morticia would have been with this guy. But if you actually look at the comics, uh, he looks exactly like that in the comics. So it was this kind of like weird relationship where everybody was like, what's going on with that? And that was exactly how it was in the comics. So they, they were kind of more traditional in that regard. Um, uh, and I, the weird thing is about Luis Guzman and I'm going to give a, like a shout out to my late dad he was obsessed with Luis Guzman because he would always show up in any action movie in some capacity. He's got oh, like a, really? he has a lot of credits to his, his name. And I guess he lives in Vermont and he has a farm. No way. Yeah. So my dad had that bit of information from me. He's like, you know, I, he was just so interested in that. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, he's like, you know that guy. Like he is, because yeah. that's Luis Guzman is that guy. He's been in just in everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Huh. So yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about some of the things we liked, some of the things we didn't like. I um, I really loved a lot of this, this quirkiness. I loved the um, fantastical school element. I think that's a cool genre. Um, and it's the only way I can watch school stuff these days if it's a fantastical <laughs> school. So I was really cool that they moved that out of real high school. Um. I liked a lot of the guest stars that they had in here. I was really upset that they went out of their way to kill Gwendolyn Christie. I get why they did it, but because she probably doesn't want to be in multiple seasons of this show, but it felt like a cheap death. Um, There's rumors. There's rumors that she didn't actually die. Oh, okay. I would actually really enjoy that because I was kind of ticked that they did that the way they did and then just moved on. And I was like, that, that kind of stinks. I I don't want to like, because I don't want to misspeak. But I think they said that there's a gesture that Lurch makes at the end that is something that Gwendolyn Christie did because Lurch drops her off at the school. He goes and he picks her up. Oh. So they're saying because Gwendolyn Christie has it's the a shape ability. changer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's the possibility that she's okay. still she's still. I would picking. actually really like that. I really liked Christina Ricci as the villain. You know, I like these kind of people that just show up and you're like, is that Christina Ricci? And, yes, I know. and it's like, Oh, it's the real Wednesday. Not yeah. real. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Or Jenna Ortega, but she's our, she's, she'll always be Wednesday to me. Mm, yep. Yeah. Um, I liked, um, I liked the music. I liked the dance numbers. I lo- I loved her werewolf friend with the blonde hair. Yeah. I thought that girl was so adorable and just did a really great job. Um, I wasn't super crazy about how much she mistreated everyone. I feel like we've got a lot of people in our lives, especially as teenagers these days, therapists and mentors and everybody else telling us, if you're in a toxic relationship, you need to get out for your own health and well-being. And the way that Wednesday treats a lot of the people around her, I feel like any therapist worth his or her salt would have said, drop that friend because you don't need a friend like that. That friend is mistreating you horribly. And that kind of bugged me a little bit. Like, I wish they had toned that down a little bit. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't have kept her around if it were me like that. She was terrible to some of these people. No, no. And I mean, it's like funny to watch. But then she's also self-aware to realize that she's horrible. Yes, she is. But I don't know that that's an excuse. You know what I mean? She's just like. 
Anyway, I was a little upset that so many people kept coming back and trying to, like, get her forgiveness or get her friendship back, especially Enid, because I felt like, you know, basically Wednesday should have been on her hands and knees begging Enid to come back and not the other way around. You know what I mean? So that was a little bit bothersome to me. I also didn't like the love triangle thing. That was. Yeah. I feel like. And I guess Jenna Ortega didn't like the love triangle thing either. And she asked that that not be in season two. So I guess that's something. But yeah, what did you think of that? I mean, I feel like it's uh, it's a high school trope that, you know. Yeah. But this was breaking a lot of tropes. So I don't think we needed to add tropes in while we were breaking them. I'm just thinking of, once again, showing our age like I'm thinking about like on Say by the Bell with Zach or Slater like you know who's Kelly gonna choose and it's like well why can't Kelly just be her own person like right, exactly so why and, does she have to choose somebody right and for me and I don't know if it's because I'm old enough to be like these people's mothers if I had a, a teenage pregnancy but neither of those guys were particularly handsome I love how that's how you're judging. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think they look too similar to each other. I was like, kept, I kept waiting for the like reveal at the end that they were related. Yeah. I'm just like, neither of these guys are good looking. Sorry to yeah. those actors in Hollywood. I'm sure you'll be fine. You can dry your tears with money. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I just didn't see the need for the love triangle. I, you know, I watched and you did too, the chilling adventures of Sabrina. Yeah. Yeah. And they handled being at like a, a school, a quote unquote special school, so much better. Like I was that and it's wrong to say this because they're both based like on comics, but I was like, I can't handle another chilling adventures of Sabrina. It was what, too much for you? Too much drama? No, it just like felt like it kind of lost its way. In the, is, the third season, I think. The yeah. last season. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, it didn't know. When you first watched it, it was like, okay, is this going to be... They they weren't sure if they wanted to be dark or light or embrace the fact she was different or then back away from the fact. So Wait, it was, wasn't that Catherine Zeta-Jones, too? Who was the... No, she was... Who uh, was the, oh, is your uh, Is your buddy from... Um, God, what is her name? Oh, from Lord of the Rings. Oh, 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 that's right, that's right, that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yes, you know what, yes, like, yes. so, I mean, that's why I was kind of hesitant to watch Yeah, yeah, I Wednesday, get it. Like, but I just kept reading such good things about it and hearing good things about it. And I said, mm-hmm. let me see how this goes. And I think I binged it in a couple of days because it was so, so, much, so much fun. It became my workout show and I was just watching it on the bike and I went through it in like a week or less, just, yeah, maybe maybe five, six days. I went through it real fast, too. Yeah, and I mean, so that's like a testament to how yeah. enjoyable it was. And, you know, it's also difficult, I think, to make a show about high school that's interesting to people who aren't in high school. That's true. So, and it's like the Miss Marvel thing. Like, that show was a good show, not meant for me. Yeah, yeah. Like I was not. I the felt like this audience. was more meant for me than that. Yes, exactly. Or they had a way of making it and expanding it because there are generations. Everyone knows the Adams family, and like mm-hmm. the, the kids who didn't know it now, now they do because Jenna Ortega made it cool and she did a whole Wednesday dance, which she choreographed herself. Yep. 
while she had COVID. Yeah. And then I guess the company got in trouble because they didn't follow COVID protocols. Oh, great. (laughs) Yeah. Because like she was like, oh, yeah, they knew I had COVID. I I wasn't hiding it. But they put her on they put her on set and made her do it. Oh, that's lovely. (laughs) Yeah. Show must go on. Thanks, Netflix. All right. So. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So um, three kind of recommendations here today. Um, I would say I would recommend Wednesday first, 3000 years of longing and the menu last. I don't know if you kind of agree with that. No, I, I absolutely agree with that. I have a issue with the cat trying to get on my lap. All right, Pebbles, let's go. All right, so <laughs> all right, so we're ready to move on to some questions to ponder. Let's do it. Okay, so the first question is about the DCU. Like, what the heck is going on in the DCU? Now, we know. All right, you can't be here. All right, down <laughs> you go. Okay, she kept trying to crawl on my computer desk and get in front of my notes. I'm like, no, my notes. <laughs> anyway, um, we know that there has been some major sort of uh, shaking up that's been going on here in the DCU, specifically with um, James Gunn and Peter Safran or something, who have basically what taken over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and. And and they're 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 essentially resetting it, you know, at this point. Now the reset has got a whole bunch of hiccups involved in it. Um, we have the Henry Cavill hiccup, we have the Ezra Miller hiccup, we have uh, who's Batman now hiccup because I guess the the Batman Batman um, is going to stick around but not be a part of the DCU. Yeah. So we've got a lot of crud going on here that we'd like to maybe try and unpack a little bit and uh, see how we feel. Um, I feel, first of all, that uh, them keeping Ezra around for as long as they have is probably not a great move, but I know the reason why they're doing it is they think the Flash movie is amazing and they want to get that out there. And I didn't see the trailer. I did, and it looked amazing. I'm not going to lie. That's what I've been hearing. Like, nobody wants it to be good. That's the thing, right? I was disappointed. (laughs) I was like, oh, that looks good. And I don't know know if you saw the meme, but it was um, from Homelander, from the boys, when he thinks everyone's going to hate him, but they start to like him, so he starts to smile. Like, he comes out. Like, yeah. That that's what people they're like Ezra Ezra Miller when he sees good things about the Flash trailer. Honestly, though, the one thing that struck me about that Flash trailer was that there wasn't a lot of Ezra Miller in it. I actually thought it was a Justice League movie or a Batman movie. I was like, what's going on with Batman here? What's happening? Uh, I don't know if I want to tell you because you haven't seen the trailer, but there's some Batman stuff happening. That's a little bit interesting. In fact, you should probably watch that trailer because I think you will find the Batman stuff interesting. But who's the Batman? That's the interesting part. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would go watch that. I think also, gonna... I just realized we keep call- we instead of saying Batman, we've officially been ruined. We're yep. saying the Batman. Yes, we are. God. Yes, we are. Ah. At this point, it's just like it's one of those running gags that's become not funny, but then it's going to get funny again eventually. Yeah. I mean, because so we don't have a Wonder Woman anymore. It's me. I'm Wonder Woman. You're, oh, that's all we're breaking news here now. I know. I'm going to be doing ah. some voice acting. I know. I'm going to be Wonder Woman. News, I know. News. I will but, gladly lose some weight if they just want me to go and do the whole thing. I don't know yeah. if they want a five foot two Wonder Woman, but it might be breaking the mold, you know? You know what? Yeah. <laughs> just do it. 
Anyway, just do it. You know, who said just because, you know, just because yeah. they're all Amazonians doesn't mean anything. Right. I could be the sort of like poor health Amazonian. The poor health <laughs> 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 uh, Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so we've got that. Um, then we have the Henry Cavill drama. So uh, is Henry Cavill Superman? Well, apparently The Rock wanted him to be so much so that The Rock kind of like went a little crazy and uh, basically had him film a post credit scene for Black Adam where he like returned as Superman and then he's not Superman. But then The Rock's also not in the DCU anymore. So all like the whole slate was like washed clean. So now none of these scenes and none of these movies mean anything. No, no. And the thing that it's just like, I like how they're like not saying anyone's been fired. We just just didn't hire them. Yeah, we didn't hire them. That's like PR rhetoric at its best. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be something. I actually read, speaking of Viola Davis, uh, they're going to have a Amanda Waller show on HBO. And I don't... Peacemaker is still going to be around and he's going to yeah. do some Peacemaker stuff on HBO and she's part of that whole thing. So, so yeah, that could be something, I guess. It's just weird, weird choices. I mean, not- Amanda Waller is not a good guy, so that could be interesting if they maintain that sort of, you know, this is a show about a evil person-ish. Yeah. It's could just not, I was going to say, it's just not who I would think would be getting a, a spinoff. No, definitely not. Um, but but yeah, I guess the Batman and the Joker movies are in their own universe because we have a Joker sequel coming out now too. Yeah, did you see that uh, there was a still of, uh, of the Lady film? Gaga? Yes, yeah. very excited. Yeah, Harley Quinn, right? So that looks interesting, and I definitely want to see the Batman sequel when that comes out. Yeah. Um, but I'm reserving my judgment on this DCU thing. I love James Gunn. I think he got a raw deal at Marvel. I think he apologized for what he had done and he still got treated horribly. Um, I like his stuff. I'm really looking forward to Guardians 3. It's like the only Marvel property I've been looking forward to for a long time now. Um, I'm going to bring a whole box of tissues when I go because we already know it's going to be. Here, here's the thing. I want to cry. Make me feel something, Marvel. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. I think Guardians Sorry. Three is going to be it. You know, it's just one of those things that every and we'll we'll probably talk about it on the next show. Um, but I did see Ant Man. Yes, I have not seen it yet. I'm not going to give I'm not going to give any spoilers. We'll yeah. talk about it. We'll talk yeah. about it. But I think ever since I've been going back to the, you know, what? I was going to say Spider Man No Way Home was really good. Yeah, really, no, really I really liked Spider-Man No Way Home, yep. And then it's just consistently been downhill from there. And we're mm-hmm. entering Phase 5. I guess Marvel has taken the feedback that Phase 4 sucked monkey balls and they're yeah. going to completely revamp. Um, but that stinks because that's, that's now, like, I feel like I need to be one back. 
you know, I'm 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 so far out at this point that I feel like you need to actually drag me back in kicking and screaming at this point. And and Marvel shouldn't have to do that. I should be like, yay, Ant-Man is out. Woo, let's go. But instead, I'm like, oh, I got to go see this thing. It's you know? an ob- it feels like an obligation. At yeah, this point. it does. I don't want to be obligated to see Ant-Man. It's Paul Rudd. He's also a national treasure. Exactly. But so, I mean, and also as an aside, did you know this is the 31st film in the MCU? Holy crap. We've watched 31 movies. I'm not, I'm not, I'm excluding the television shows. Yeah, that's a lot. Right? I mean, I mean, that is, that's fatigue right there in, that's the definition of fatigue, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. take it down a notch, make us want to come back. That's what I, and like back in the day, because I was looking at, because um, we, you know, we have the new Indiana Jones movie coming out. So I think all the originals, they're either on Prime or Netflix. Can't tell you mm-hmm. which one, but one of them had all three of them when I was scrolling through. And like the first Indiana Jones came out in 81. Oh, this, the year I was born. Yeah. The second one came out in 84. Okay. The third one was 89. I love that one. I saw it in theaters. Yeah, yeah, that was like, I think that was, well, obviously, because I was only three when the second one came out. But not that, I, the the movie that shall not be named, uh-huh. the fourth one came out in 2008. Wow, that so, is a jump. Right? So I'm just saying, like, we still have Guardians of the Galaxy. We still have the Marvels coming up. There's that still, could be good. I don't know anything about that, really. I just but, know roughly. No, but what I'm saying is, like, slow it down. Yeah. Like, Indiana Jones, every couple of years, so you build up that excitement of, yeah. let's go see this. But here it's like, oh, I got to see the Guardians, and I got to go see this. And, like, it's multiple times a year mm-hmm. you're you're having this obligation. Mm-hmm. So that's an aside. I know we're going yeah. really long, but that's yeah. – and we'll talk about it in the next show. We'll talk about Ant-Man and all that, all that stuff, but – burnout i know a little bit right Mm -hmm. all right well the next one i'm gonna try and handle it's very contentious and i'm not sure how well i'm gonna handle this but i'm gonna give it a shot let's do it so um a video game just came out recently it's probably one of the most anticipated games that's been out in a long time it's called hogwarts legacy now i had this game on my wish list for years right um it's being made by warner brothers studio i have no issues with this studio they've made some other good games that i've enjoyed they actually made some lord of the rings property called shadows of mordor which were really good um they know how to make a game i have no issue with them that i know of i was really looking forward to this you you go into hogwarts as a fifth year student you get sorted into your house. You get to pick your wand. You get to pick your broom. You get to fly around. You learn all the spells. There's, There are um, puzzles everywhere where you're casting, like, Alohomora to make the lights and, you know, Apio. And I'm probably screwing up all the names. But anyway, you're casting all the spells. It's, like, total 100% immersion in this universe. It is a fantastically made game. One of the best open-world RPGs I've played in a long time, if ever. Like, since probably Skyrim. The problem is, as you may have guessed, J.K. Rowling. Yeah. And this is a big problem. Um, So there's kind of like this... It's very contentious. There's two sides of this argument, you know? Um, do you Do you buy the game because this was a universe that you and I, like, grew up with? 
you know, we've we've been we've had Harry Potter books coming out for many, many years while we were in school. We we never knew, you know, what we know about Rowling now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we it was this that is, feel good story. She was sure. a single mom who came yeah. up with this idea on the train and created this amazing universe. How can you not love her? Right. Then we, she opened her mouth when yeah. no one asked her to. You know, <laughs> and it also makes me wonder, like, would we even read Hemingway in school now if he had been on Twitter? Like, I don't think oh, so. Anyway. No. <laughs> um, so anyway, you know, we we had this universe that we grew up with. And now in many ways, it's kind of ruined. Do you do you boycott the game? If you're boycotting the game, um, does that mean or, or if you don't boycott the game, does that make you a bad person? Does that make you anti-trans? You know, does that make you not a friend of the trans community? I don't have answers to these questions, by the no, way. These are just rhetorical questions. Yeah, th- this is a really tough argument, you know. And, um, you know, I was gifted the game for my birthday. Uh, I had it on my wish list long before I knew what was up with Rowling. And this is sort of a fairly recent thing. The game yeah, company is. themselves, they've tried to separate themselves from the argument. They have uh, a couple things going on in the game that they that they added in. You know, so part of the criticism is that they added it in. But my my argument is that they tried. Um, they added in a woman who's married to another woman, and she talks about her wife openly. They added in a trans character. She owns a tavern in Hogsmeade, and she serves you your first butterbeer kind of situation there. Um, and she's a trans woman. They tried to like create you can actually when you make your character, you can make a female character with a male voice or a male character with a female voice. If you wanted to be a trans wizard, you can give yourself any title. You can be a female that's a witch or a female that's a wizard or vice versa. Like you can it's very open into how you you want to play the game. You can wear any clothes you want, like you can wear dresses as a, a boy character. It's it's totally open. You can do any of these things. So they they really tried. I think the studio tried to distance themselves from this. But then we come back to this licensing deal. Does she get paid for every game you buy? Well, I looked up the licensing deal. Turns out there's two kinds of licensing deals, right? There's the you get paid for everything. You did this more than I did. I just saw a meme with her dabbing cash against her eyes. I really tried, Alin. I tried to figure this out because I also teach business and my students are asking me about this, right? So, like, I'm like, I'll try to figure out what the licensing deal is. But I thought to myself, you know, there's like the the there's like the Iron Man licensing deal where Robert Downey Jr. said, I'm going to take a portion of sales on every ticket sold. Basically, I want a portion of the sales because I think this movie's great and it's going to do really well. And that's how he actually got his fortune back. Right. But then there is the Witcher licensing deal. The original author of The Witcher thought that the games were going to be terrible and he wanted to get paid up front. So he said, I'm taking an upfront payment. They paid him upfront, and then he tried to sue them later to say, oh, no, these games are great. Now I want a portion of sales. And, of course, he failed miserably because he had signed a contract. But um, I couldn't tell what the licensing deal was. You know, my argument was if it was an upfront deal, which would benefit Warner Brothers to do that, right, because they don't want her involved, right? Just pay the woman and get her out of here. Like, if it was an upfront deal, it wouldn't matter how many games sold. She already got her money. But they're not releasing the details of the licensing agreement. So now we're back to the whole argument again of do I boycott the game or do I not boycott the game? And then the one thing that I also wanted to bring up is this is not like a new argument or anything, right? You know, yeah. we've had we've this had argument. On, yeah, even on that, we've had it on the show. Sure. For separating people, people, actors from performances. Cause exactly. 
and, and I we mean, have we this, talked about it with Ezra Miller. Like, exactly, right? And we have this argument in business class all the time about more, what we call moral compromise, right? And moral compromise is getting exhausting. Now, this is not an excuse, but just follow me along here, right? As a consumer, I have chosen to never eat at Chick-fil-A. I have never eaten at Chick-fil-A. Neither have I. And same thing with Hobby Lobby. You'll never get me in there. Nope. I will never go into Hobby Lobby. I've never been in a Chick-fil-A. I will never eat at a Chick-fil-A. If you ask me my reasons, I will tell you, but I am not going to force you to not eat at a a Chick-fil-A. Do you know what I mean? That's just my decision. If you want to have your chicken sandwich with a side of hate, go right ahead. It's not me to judge. So so you'll you'll go a little further than I will. (laughs) No, but I, you know, I've never had it. I hear it's great chicken. I'll go to Popeye's, which I actually haven't been to, even though there's one. I guess I just don't order chicken sandwiches that often. Um, So then I also now, I have um, an ongoing boycott with Nestle because Oh my God, if there is one horrible company out there that would be really worthwhile for everybody to boycott, it is probably Nestle. Let me explain to you how difficult it is to boycott Nestle. Oh. Here are some of the companies that they own. Perrier, Arrowhead, San Pellegrino, uh, Gerber. Um, let's see. Of course, Toll House, uh, Kit Kat. Um, they own a Willy Wonka. Uh, Hot Pockets, DiGiorno, uh, Stouffer's. Um, they own the Starbucks that you buy at home. So they produce that. Is uh, this off the top of your head you're naming all this stuff? Yeah, I teach business. Wow. wow. Um, uh, uh, Milo, if you've ever had Milo. Um, let's see, Carnation, um, Chef Mate. Uh, let's see, uh, there's ice cream. Um, Haagen-Dazs, uh, Dryers. I think that's a lot of them or the, a lot of the ones that you probably would. Oh, and they also own Purina. So any like uh, fancy feast, all that stuff, right? Alpo. Those are some of the companies that Nestle owns. So if you're going to boycott Nestle, you can't eat half the grocery store, right? <laughs> it's a really difficult company to boycott, but I'm trying, right? I'm trying. And this is where I get around to like moral compromise fatigue. Like at this point, how much do we actually have to boycott if we don't want to have moral compromises in our purchases, right? Like how the 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 Saudi the the, the nation of Saudi Arabia just purchased eight percent of Nintendo. They are now an eight percent shareholder of Nintendo. That's a regime, and nobody ever says the word regime and talks about positive things, right? It's not like no. the puppy loving regime, right? So uh, now it's like okay, well, it's a publicly traded company. They're allowed to buy millions and millions of dollars worth of nintendo stock but do we now have to boycott nintendo because they're killed journalists and treat women horribly like what do i do right yeah i guess like i said there are no answers to this question and the argument is very complicated i just come back to we all try really hard right we try really hard to make the good choices the best choices that we can we're all going to screw up sometimes we're all going to screw up sometimes And I just feel like people shouldn't beat themselves up over that because you're always going to have that issue with some company or another, right? If you want to boycott Hogwarts Legacy, I totally respect that. I think that's absolutely fine. I applaud you for doing it. But if you get exhausted over the idea of, well, if I'm going to boycott Hogwarts Legacy because it's anti-trans, well, now I have to boycott Twitter because Elon Musk is anti-trans. And now I have to, you know, like this will go on and on forever. And it just... 
I think there is a point where we get frustrated. You know what I mean? Tired. And I mean, the, the other thing is the people in power, they're all horrible. Right. Which is Most, why I wanted the menu to murder them all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh. But yeah, did I explain at least the argument well? <laughs> I, I think you did, yeah. And it's such a complicated argument. And and like I said, I don't have any answers for it, everybody. Um, it would be nice if this was not all placed on the shoulders of the consumer because we're never going to get there, right? It would be nice if there was some more, you know, oversight somewhere from, I don't know, like government agencies or something. But um you know, when you place all of this on our shoulders, there's only so much we can do. Should I probably be boycotting Amazon and Walmart as well? Yep, probably should be. But oh my God, I buy everything from Amazon and I don't know if I can stop, you know? So, oh, it's a lot. <laughs> there's just so much. It's so much. Anyway, coming back to the video game, if you want to buy the game, it is a really, really, really good game. And that's it. That's all I got. (laughs) All right. So last but not least, we're going to talk about some crime. Crime time. Crime time. All right. So who crimes it better? The glass onion or the pale blue eye? We had a couple of really good crimes, crime times coming out like really close to each other. Um, I don't know. I I have a favorite. I'd like to hear your thoughts on both of them since I talked for a while. Go ahead and tell me about your feelings on the crime times. All right. So I think in our last show, I talked about how The Glass Onion was was really a good movie. I had fun with it. Um, Definitely enjoyable. And then I watched The Pale Blue Eye and was thoroughly freaked out by the guy playing Edgar Allan Poe, something deeply unsettling. I'm like, Oh, that's his real face. Um, it's horrible. And Ari Melling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know the Edgar Allan Poe connection with, um, him being, Oh God, what's the name of the school that he was at? West Point. He did attend West Point. Yes, mm-hmm. he did attend West Point. So I didn't know that about it. I guess. So I I did enjoy Pale Blue Eye. The question I always ask myself now that we have all of these different streaming services available. Mm-hmm. Is, would I have gone to the movies to see either of these? So I think I would have gone to see both of them, if that helps you. See, for me, I probably just want to see in the glass onion. Because, well, you had some pre-existing material, like some, there's history there, right? With Knives Out. Right, right. So I would have, you know, followed and watched that. The Pale Blue Eye is something that I probably would have rented or watched. Um, Not necessarily, if it wasn't on Netflix, I probably wouldn't have, have watched it. Uh, it was just another great performance by Christian Bale doing doing the most. Um, not sure how I felt about the twist with that one. I really but, liked it. Did you? I just I I'm not gonna ruin it for anyone who watches it, but it was just uh, super tropey for me. Like I was I was all in 
I understand the idea of the trope, but I think it was acted and handled well. No, and I I know it's based on, like, source material, so that could just be... The source material is actually a story written by Edgar Allan Poe called The Cabin in the Woods or something similar to that. Okay. Uh, Hey, I don't know these things. (laughs) (laughs) You know? It was one of his later stories, and it actually had Augustus Landor in it. That name is from his stories. Okay, okay. Um, Yeah, there was some source material. They obviously took some liberties... I will say, I think The Pale Blue Eye is like a premium, that's like a prime example of a streaming movie. Like, I probably would have gone to the theater and seen it, and I would have enjoyed it. I would have been like, I am not regretting the fact that I went to the theaters to see this, but the fact that I could watch it at home made it more enjoyable to me because I really liked it, and I got to stay home. Do you know what I mean? Right. So I was like, this was great. Christian Bale was great. He was super freaking creepy. Everybody was creepy. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was going to say, it definitely was like, it was a movie that I thought you would have enjoyed more. Like the ambiance, the time period. Yes, you are absolutely right. The ambiance, the time period, the language, the criminess, like all really appealed to me. Absolutely. The Glass Onion... I the one thing that I really liked about it was the way that like halfway through the story, it almost like started over. Yeah, I thought that was real brilliant storytelling because it actually answered a lot of questions that I had up until that point. There was even one point where um, I got to get his name now. Benoit, right? Benoit. Uh, there was even one point where Benoit called Andy her real was it Andy her real name yes and didn't call her the name that she was pretending to be like all these names are losing my head now but um and I was like wait a minute he just call her a different name like is that a mistake is that like continuity what just happened there and then they immediately like backed it up and showed you what was actually happening and I was like oh, all of this is now starting to make a lot more sense. Like everything that's happening is starting to make more sense. Um, And so I thought that was really brilliant storytelling. I did not like the end of The Glass Onion. I don't know how you felt about that. No, I mean, I guess I wasn't crazy about either ending. Uh, Okay, fair, fair. But the buildup, I thought, in The Glass Onion was a little more unexpected only because you kind of follow what had happened in the first knives out and you're kind of waiting for something additional to happen. But like you said, in the middle of the movie, it becomes a different movie because you're thinking there's going to be this whole weekend spent uncovering this crime. And it is, but it's a different kind of crime than you were expecting. Mm -hmm. Um, and this was like another one of those eat the rich type movies that made fun of everyone in it. And I think like Kate Hudson did a great job of just playing a completely oblivious influencer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Acting was great in both these movies. I had no yes. problem with the acting. I was also really happy with the massive destruction at the end of the glass onion. I just felt that it was like over the top and didn't make a lot of sense because Benoit was basically like, there's not much I can do here. My my ability to follow the law only goes to a certain point. And that was sort of like code for, hey, you go, you know, 
like hog wild and just go crazy and everything. And it, that, that to me didn't quite work. I think it would have been better if there had been some legal standing. And then the fact that all of his, like his little, like your, the influencer and all his little buddies originally in court had been like, Oh no, let's lie on the stand. And then all of a sudden at the end, we're like, Oh no, let's suddenly tell the truth. Like that, that felt off to me. Like I was just like, what? No, that doesn't make any sense for all their dumb characters. Like, so I wasn't crazy about that, but, but yeah, I get that the buildup, they wanted some kind of spectacular explosion ending or whatever, but it felt like they had to write that in. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I can see that. They're like, I kind of feel like they're like, we have money left over in the budget. And they're like, yeah, let's what? blow stuff up. What? Yeah. 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 So I was like, yeah. oh, okay, okay, we'll do that. All right. And then the pale blue eye had the same kind of like twist at the end, like you said, but the whole movie was more of a slow burn and it, the twist itself didn't have like a lot of like grand explosion or anything to it. It was just, it was more subdued and more cerebral. And I think it just fit better with the overall kind of feel of the whole movie. Does that make sense? No, I think it does. I think it definitely does. So overall, I think I liked The Pale Blue Eye much more, but I'm getting the feeling that you probably enjoyed Glass Onion more. I enjoyed Glass Onion more. Like if okay. I, I guess if I had to say, if someone said, I want, I'm going to watch a movie tonight, I'd be like, oh, watch Glass Onion. Because I feel like with The Pale Blue Eye, you have to be in the mood for that moodiness. I get that. I would, I would recommend The Glass Onion to anybody. I didn't bother me at all. I thought it was a decent movie i like knives out better but i enjoyed mm-hmm. the glass onion no no issues there oh i yeah. feel like there are certain types of people out there in the world where i would want to recommend the pale blue eye to them because i know they would like it you know i you have to know this person is like uh, likes gothicism or you know that kind of moodiness and stuff like that like you know fans of edgar Allan poe or you know that kind of thing or you're all gonna really love this because it's just plays to that genre really well and it has the the acting chops of christian bale and he's really good yeah he has a line at the end where that twist happens that like damon and i like rewound it and listened to it like three times because he delivers it so well and you're just like oh <gasps> <laughs> it's one of those lines um but but yeah, it, it's really well done, but I would agree with you that it's probably not for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Did we make it? Did we survive? Oh my God. <laughs> I think we should ask the, like, I know they're not going to respond to us, but the audience, did you survive? I, I know. It's it's all quiet, so I'm going to assume nobody survived. Yeah, it's totally mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe it wasn't one of us who was going to die during the podcast. It was just everybody out there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I will do my wrap up now. Um, As always, be sure to like, follow and subscribe. You can find us on it's just Facebook and Instagram still. Correct. Correct. All right. We haven't started making TikTok videos yet. I don't know when that's going to happen, but uh. I'm like, I barely understand TikTok. I do too. I it's a good way of putting it. <laughs> um, search for three speech. Look for the bears. The bears are now new and improved. Yes. Yes. Do you that, shall see. Do the kids still say a glow up? They still say that. Like I have no idea. Uh, I work uh, with kids every day, and I still have I, no clue. I don't no know clue. what they say. I don't know what they're talking about half the time. I just try to figure out if they can write papers. That's all. Okay. So yeah. 
Or if it's chat GPT writing their papers. God save me. <laughs> God save us all. I know. That's how we're going to end the show. God I know. save us all. It should just be the title of the of the episode. <laughs> all right. We don't even have to try to figure it out. Yep. All right. Oh, okay. So hopefully we will be back at so some point that's not two months. <laughs> But if it's, not, hey, you know, these things happen, you know, life occurs. Yeah. Life Sorry. occurs. Sorry about that. I mean, we've said it over and over again. If someone pays us to do this, we will do this on a weekly basis. I will do this daily if you pay me to do this. That's what I mean. I, like, I will enjoy this sitting mm-hmm. on my little chair, doing the things, looking up the notes. Absolutely. Yeah, if, if I can, like, totally just do this all the time and watch TV, then yeah, you'll be getting a lot more, but more content. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hasn't happened. Hasn't happened. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody out out there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for those six of you who are out there. (laughs) The, uh, the viewing, no, the listening audience, the listening audience. Yes. We always thank you. And hopefully we will see you again soon. In the meantime, Stay safe and, you know, keep watching TVs.